ladies and gentlemen, there has been a murder, and you are a suspect. Oh, this is so fabulous. Ain't nothing like getting together with family and having a good meal. I wonder what's for dinner. This is delicious. It was at this moment he knew. This is rotten. Ah! What'd you say? I said eat. <laughs> Drink. Yo, 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 are you recording, Sharif? I said, are you we are recording? Yes, are you are. recording? Yes, are you are. recording? Yes, I said, yes, are you are. recording? And yes, if you're not are. recording, will you yes, please hit record? If you're not uh. recording, will you please hit record? Oh, gosh, this is terrible. Oh, hello, everyone. No, we haven't done it yet. We need to do our countdown. Ready? Five, Five four, four, three, two, one. one. Yes, yeah. made it, y'all. 2023. 2023. Yes. So happy, man. 2022 is in the past. 2023 is here to stay. Yes, it's a new year. I mean, I know y'all already celebrated. It doesn't matter. We are New Year's in our hearts tonight. Um, yeah, we got we got we got some very exciting stuff to go over with y'all today. Um, we're we're picking up from our last episode. What was our last episode? Mine Hunter. The Mine yes. Hunter. We got into the story of John Douglas. We told you about him and what he did with the FBI. Right. And he made his way to South Carolina. The good old SC, the Palmetto State. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. so we strayed away a little bit from our series, but now we're yeah, picking no, right back right. up into it. Yeah. John Douglas came here. I mean, what series is it? What's the name of it? It's, it's uh, South, South Carolina, Carolina Strange and Sinister. I like Ooh, that. Yeah. But yeah, so we're picking up from where we left off. John <laughs> Douglas comes here to our very own. Yeah, he's where, he's he's leaving Quants to come to the coal, the CAC. Quants to the coal. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he's leaving Quantico, Quantico to come to Columbia. To Columbia. Actually, to the county that we're recording this episode yeah. in right now. We're in Lexington. The very county that he was recording in. And I, I mentioned he knew someone that I was familiar with uh-huh. and that's who was working the case. And so it was just like a great segue. It really hit home for me. And so now we're going to take a break from John Douglas. And we're going to get into the story of why he is coming to the state of South Carolina. We need your help, John. Yeah. We need you to come here and help us. Because there's a sick on There this. is a sick, fuck God, I hate this guy so much. And his name is? Larry Jean Bell. Ugh. I hate him. Yeah, not the guy that you really would He's want not a to, role model for anyone. For anyone. Not someone that you want to even no. represent the great state of South Carolina. Absolutely we're not. all about smiling places and beautiful faces. Oh, yeah. That is our motto, isn't it? Oh, that my is. gosh. Look at you, Sheree. Mm-hmm. Your South Carolina proud heart is showing. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about what, what, what did we have tonight for New Year's? We, You got to usually on New Year's, you have what? The uh, collard greens. You got your black eyed peas, maybe some cornbread. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but here in the South. Yeah, I think that's everywhere. What does collard greens US? represent? Uh, that money and the mola yep, mola money. and then we have black eyed peas for your health for good luck oh it's good luck I thought it's health both let us know let us know we're gonna do a power plug real quick Those- power plug nice thank you 
Claw. Yeah, so just in case, but why don't you tell us what what the Black Eyed Peas mean? Um, not the band, the food for New Year's. Let us know at eatdrinkmurderpodcast at gmail.com. I almost fucked that up. And then you can also reach us on all our delicious social media. So we got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. Google, Google, we, can't, we always forget the gig. What's up <laughs> with do. us in the gig, man? No one All our gig listeners out there, I just we love Get you so Spotify. much. Thank you for listening. But yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about the the food, but we, we decided to do something else. We just started to stray away yeah, from. We're going international. From the yeah, we're going international. So I guess we went Asian. Yeah. But it's not just Asia. There's a lot of other cultures. It's very well known for noodles. You got to have noodles. To be a New Year's tradition. Mm-hmm. To bring in the New Year's. The noodles symbolize longevity, mm-hmm. which is why they're served at New Year. It makes sense because you're always trying to slurp in those noodles and yeah. they're always long. Yeah. Today we pulled together a ramen recipe. Yes, I made ramen for the first time. That wasn't microwavable and come with a little uh, seasoning packet. I made it fresh. Made some fresh ram. I gotta say that it was. It was. It was decent. It was decent. Okay, I think. So it, so we put it. I guess we had a little scale here, yeah. and for me, it was definitely better than the ramen packet. Ramen packet would. Oh be, yeah, no, I agree easier. on that. It's it just not way as good as like the ramen restaurants. But for me, yeah. the best ramen that I've ever had was in Japan. Oh my gosh, he's flaxen. Whatever. He's flaxen. And it actually was during the New Year in 2020 uh-huh. that I went to Japan uh-huh. to visit my brother. I love you, bro. Yeah, if you're yes. listening. Shave, we love you so much. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I went to visit him, and I had the best bowl of ramen in my entire life. Wow. Yes, it was after a wild night in Tokyo, and we set it off like you would with Waffle House here with a bowl of ramen back in Japan. Japan. And it was the best ramen I've ever had. Oh, I'm That's sure. a ten for me. That would be the ten on the scale. That's, that's what you're gonna compare my that ramen was, to. Well, but his ramen, it was just as good as the ramen house, in my opinion. No, there ain't no way. He says the ramen house here ain't in Colombia, no way, brother, was much better. But I really like that you put uh, beef. You did a beef broth. And it was more put, like a steak than. Put some, than usually, I think they do like steak beef tenderloin, but I, the, I just did steak bits. and the ramen. It was yeah. really good. It was, it was, it was, it was I'm, I'm full. Tasty, bro. That's why I love ramen. It, fill, it fills you up. It does fill you. Yes, sir. And for our drink. I, you have to tell me what that was. It was delicious. Yeah, our drink, we celebrated New Year's with the pomegranate. Oh, why is so the pomegranate, pomegranate significant? So the pomegranate is mainly in Greek culture, uh, symbolizes the bringing in of the new year mm-hmm. but you know for for the fruit itself it holds a lot of significance and it's a sign of renewal and regeneration since the rituals that surround new years usually involve ways to bring luck it makes sense that the pomegranate is a part of this because that's what they say that's the lucky fruit so right the lucky fruit how about that pomegranate yeah yeah of course we have a pomegranate martini. So it does use champagne. Along with the champagne, you have some contru. It's like a fancy triple set. Contra. Contru. Contru. Contra. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it. And then you have mixologist. Um, you should know this. pomegranate juice, the palm juice, uh-huh. and vodka. Mmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
It was delicious. I loved it. Yeah, I did. Anyway, I think that's enough of the, the eat and drink. And I think it's time to get into the man. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about Larry Gene Bell, known to friends and family simply as Gene. He was a South Carolina serial killer who abducted and murdered two young women in neighboring Lexington and Richland counties during the mid-1980s. His highly publicized crimes and unique signature of calling the victims' families would lead law enforcement agencies, along with John Douglas and his behavioral science unit at the FBI, on the largest manhunt in South Carolina history. He was basically the biggest asshole you can imagine. Yes. Our sources for this episode are Murder in the Midlands by Rita Schuler, who was a forensic photographer for SLED, that's the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, during the Bell investigation. Of course, we have When a Killer Calls by John Douglas and Mark Olshaker. That was released recently, actually. And we also have the book The Rose of Sherry by Hilda Smith, who is the mother of one of our victims for the story, which offers a unique insight into the heartbreaking and terrifying world of family tragedy after a serial killer takes a loved one. Lastly, we have a couple of true crime documentary sources. We have a Forensic Files episode titled Last Will and in an investigation discovery series called Murder Calls. The episode was named The Devil's Voice. That's pretty cool that we were on investigation discovery. That's one of my favorite true crimes to watch. So to know that our very that, own yeah. state, not only our state, but mm-hmm. our county that we are recording this mm-hmm. podcast on right now made it to that show that I it's, watched all the yeah. time. It's kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. It's a series just called Murder Calls, and it's about different, I guess, true crime stories about people calling in, which, just in case you didn't know this... Now you do. One of the main reasons why I dislike him so much, aside from the fact that he's a serial killer and also a pedophile, is I just, I hate the fact that he transferred all of the torment from his victims he actually kidnapped to their families by calling them after the victims were killed. It's just completely heartbreaking. Our story begins Friday, May 31st, 1985. Sharon Faye Smith, who went by Sherry, was in downtown Lexington picking up some traveler's checks from her bank, the South Carolina National Bank, for her senior cruise. She was going on a trip to the Bahamas. She was graduating from Lexington High School in about three days, and at the bank was her mother Hilda and her steady boyfriend Richard. So after receiving the traveler's checks, Sherry's mom leaves. Richard and Sherry met up with one of their friends, Brenda, to drive together to go to a pool party at Lake Murray. Around 2.45 p.m., Sherry, Richard, and Brenda leave the pool party and make their way back to Lexington Town Square Shopping Center where they park their car. Brenda leaves Richard and Sherry for a little bit. They spent some time together doing teenager stuff, making out in the car. After a while, they departed. Richard followed Sherry and his car until they reached Highway 1 where they drove their separate ways as Sherry was heading to her home in Red Bank. When Sherry gets to her house around 3.25 p.m., she stops by the mailbox located at the end of the 750-foot driveway of the Smith home. Huge driveway. Gigantic. Hilda, inside the house with her husband Bob spots Sherry's blue Chevy Chevette at the end of the driveway parked by the mailbox. Hilda assumes Sherry must have received a letter from her sister Dawn who lived in Charlotte and was attending Columbia College. After about five minutes Bob peeks out the window and sees Sherry's car still parked at the edge of the driveway and he starts to get really concerned because of Sherry's illness that she has which was diabetes insipidus which is what Sharif? All right so diabetes insipidus is basically an 
uncommon disorder that causes an imbalance of fluids in the body. This imbalance leads you to produce large amounts of urine. It also makes you very thirsty, even if you have something to drink. You know, in this case, I'm pretty sure her parents were used to dealing with emergency situations. Oh, yeah. But it's commonly known as what? Water diabetes, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's really sad because in Hilda's book, uh, Sherry's mom, mm -hmm. she kind of goes into how they discovered Sherry having this water diabetes. Because when she was a child, she would always try to get to the dog's water bowl, mm -hmm. which is so sad. Yeah, that is sad. So they knew something was wrong, but it, she, it just turned out that she had water diabetes and she was extremely thirsty. But anyway, like Sharif was saying, both Bob and Hilda were, were worried about why Sherry was taking so long to come home. So Bob hops in his car, he drives to the end of the driveway, and he notices Sherry's car is still running. The driver's door is open and inside Sherry's shoes were on the floorboard and her purse was in the passenger seat inside her purse you know that's where all her medicine for the diabetes insipidus was mm -hmm. so he was starting to definitely freak out about this but most troubling was that there was a small trail of footprints that led to the mailbox where scattered letters uh, littered the road and the footprints mysteriously faded away you know I remember reading about this in Mindhunter by John Douglas. So it left nightmares for me um, in my mind. And just to see this picture that you have here in your script of the very driveway, the car that she was driving and the, and the purse just being left. And it's just really chilling. Yeah, this was the part of the book that really stuck with me the most. So Bob races back inside the house and he yells to Hilda that he doesn't know where Sherry is, but she's gone. And immediately he calls Lexington County Sheriff's Office. Officers respond in about 30 minutes. You know, Bob doesn't necessarily work in law enforcement, but he does have connections in law enforcement because he does a lot of prison ministry stuff. So the police get there in about 30 minutes, but they try not to roll out any possibilities at first. You know, most teens, whenever they go missing, it's usually on their own accord. But after a while, all the evidence kind of stacks together and it turns out the most likely scenario is that Sherry is abducted. The sheriff's office responds with air teams to help with the volunteer ground search of the area and the emergency preparedness division of the governor's office sets up a command center outside of the Smith home. Basically so they didn't have to keep going back and forth to the sheriff's office so they kind of have like a base of operations right outside the house. The search efforts were headed by Lexington County Sheriff James Metz, who in his short time as sheriff had revolutionized the Lexington County Sheriff's Department by equipping and modernizing the police, making it more of what the police force is today and less of like a Deep South Andy Griffith, you know, police force. Yeah, that's Where it's pretty... re really small, so he definitely did do some good things. Yeah, and I think I saw an interview on YouTube, actually. I didn't name this as a source, but... There's an interview he did where he definitely said that this case with Sherry Smith was one of the hardest ones he ever had to do. And that's mainly because, you know, Sherry, she was two or three days away from graduating, just starting her life, about to go on her senior trip yeah. to the Bahamas. She was even set to sing the national anthem with one of her classmates during the graduation ceremony. You know, she just had a lot of stuff going for her and for it to end so abruptly is just gut-wrenching. During this time, investigators were hoping this could have been a kidnapping for ransom. Mm -hmm. The main reason they were hoping that is, you know, you were like, why would you hope for a kidnapping for ransom? Well, it turns out the odds are definitely better for getting the victim back whenever 
the perp just wants money. The command center outside the home was set up to monitor any incoming calls. Briefly, the Smith spirits were uplifted when a call came in the following day from an unknown caller who said, I have Sherry, I want money. Unfortunately, this turned out to be a hoax. Like I stated before, in Lexington County, there was a bunch of volunteers and, you know, word got around about what happened to Sherry. So, you know, there was a, a lot of news coverage and unfortunately that's also brings out some of the worst people. Later that night on Monday, June 3rd at 2.20 in the morning, another call comes in. Uh, Bob answers the phone, but the caller only wants to speak to Mrs. Smith. Uh, police rush into the bedroom where Hilda is on the line with this unknown caller. The caller tells Hilda he wants to give some information about Sherry and ensures her that this is not a hoax and describes the type of clothing Sherry was last seen in during her abduction. He said that authorities were looking in the wrong area for Sherry and that Sheriff Metz should call off his search by calling in a press conference on the local news channel WISTV at 7 a.m. Very specific, weird. But it does tell us that he's at least watching the coverage. The most important thing the caller says on the line is that the Smiths should receive a letter the following day dated June 1st, 1985, 310 a.m. And he hangs up the phone. Obviously showing some signs of being a sadistic prick. Right. Uh, by calling and, their family and, mm -hmm. and putting them through something like this. Absolutely. Whenever John comes to town, which will be in the next episode, we'll go into a little bit more of the profile that Douglas does about him because a lot of the profile information comes from these calls. But yeah, the call was traced to an Altel payphone located next to CD Taylor store on Highway 378, roughly five miles from Lexington and 12 miles from the Smith's house. Mm -hmm. By the time police officers got to the scene, the caller had disappeared. Although the phone was examined for prints, no evidence was discovered. Later on that morning, Sheriff Metz sent two deputies, J.E. Harris and Richard Freeman, to the Lexington Post Office to search through the mail from the Columbia Distribution Center, and they find the letter that's addressed to the Smith family. Just kind of a, a funny side note about getting this letter. Right. The, the postmaster for Lexington County, he would not let the deputies take the letter without a warrant. So like, this is like the first time I can think of in like United States history where, you know, the jurisdiction thing went to the postmaster. <laughs> so he was like, <laughs> I always think of the South Park episode where he's like, I'm in charge now. Not anymore. You're not <laughs> the postmaster. Right. But anyway, so Bob goes up to the Lexington County post office, gets the letter. The letter was a white legal sized envelope with the Smith's address filled out on a blue line sheet of paper that was taped to the envelope. So it was like a piece of paper taped to the envelope with their address. It had a 22 cent Mallard duck stamp in the upper right corner. I know like, why am I going into all these details? Well, it's important because we get into some really good forensic work they do with this. It's a really big piece of evidence. Mm -hmm. Inside there were two sheets of blue line yellow legal paper that said the following. June 1st, 1985, 3.10 a.m. I love y'all. Last will and testament. I love you, Mommy, Daddy, Robert, Dawn, and Richard, and everyone else, and all other friends and relatives. I'll be with my father now, so please, please don't worry. Just remember my witty personality and great special times we all share together. Please don't let this ruin your lives. Just keep living one day at a time for Jesus. Some good will come of this. My thoughts will always be with you, and in you, casket closed. I love you all so damn much. Sorry, Dad. I had to cuss for once. 
Jesus, forgive me. Richard, sweetie, I really did and always will always love you and treasure our special moments. I ask one thing though, accept Jesus as your personal savior. My family has been the greatest influence of my life. Sorry about the cruise money. Somebody please go in my place. I am sorry if I ever disappointed any of you in any way. I only wanted to make you proud of me because I have always been proud of my family. Mom, Dad, Robert, and Dawn, there's so much I want to say that I should have said before now. I love you. I know y'all love me and will miss me very much, but if y'all stick together like we always did, you can do it. Please do not become hard or upset. Everything works out for the good for those that love the Lord. All my love always. I love you all with all my heart. Sharon Cherry Smith. P.S. Nana, I love you so much. I kind of always felt like you're my favorite. You are mine. I love you a lot. So yeah, that's fucking terrible, man. I mean, just, could you imagine, like, it seems like she had so much grace in writing that. You know she, what I mean? She was so brave um, to write that. The letter was analyzed and was found that it matched Sherry's handwriting, so it definitely was her who wrote this letter that was titled Last Will and Testament. It was also sent to SLED and was processed with a electrostatic detection apparatus, also known as an ESDA. It's basically an instrument used to show indented writing on paper products by filling in the small indentations with graphite particles. Basically like the same thing if you've ever like done the scribble thing to show the indentation from the paper below. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's basically the same thing except a little more scientific. There were faint traces of numbers that appeared to be phone numbers and the words Bob with a circle around it. Beef sticks mother and the letters j and s also appeared on the letter when they did that indentation esda thing um the envelope was also checked for trace evidence and they pulled prints that match sherry's while the evidence in the documents was still being deciphered at the forensic lab investigators had little else to go on and they were hoping sherry's abductor would call again because that's kind of the only lead they had uh, hilda describes it in her book as the phone being like a ticking time bomb sure enough monday afternoon june 3rd at 308 p.m the bomb goes off and sherry's older sister dawn answers the phone hello mrs smith no, this is Dawn. I need to speak to your mother. Could I ask who's calling? No. Oh, okay. Hold on just a second, please. Hello? Have you received the mail today? Yes, I have. Do you believe me now? Well, I'm not really sure I believe you because I haven't had any word from Sherry, and I need to know that Sherry is well. You'll know in two or three days. Why two or three days? Call the search off. Tell me if she is well because of her disease. Are you taking care of her? And after that, the line is dead. The call was traced to an outside pay station at Eckerd's Pharmacy. Eckerd's? I haven't heard of Eckerd's in a long time. <laughs> um, the Eckerd's Pharmacy in Lexington Town Square Shopping Center. That's seven miles from the Smith's home. So he's really staying close around to the area, which is just like got to be driving the... Smith family, absolutely crazy. Like the first call, by the time the officers arrive, there's no identifiable prints or evidence that could be found. After the call, the heartbroken and shaken Smith family speak to reporters for the first time outside of their home in Red Bank, pleading for the safe return of Sherry. 
The search of the area was ongoing and a tip line was set up. There was one lead from a driver who passed the Smith household on the day of the abduction that reported seeing Sherry's car at the end of the driveway. And after passing the mailbox, she saw a driver veering off into the oncoming lane and it looked like he was leaning over his middle seat. Mm -hmm. After honking her horn, the driver quickly swerved back into his lane and it turns out the story seems like it checked out. The police got their first composite sketch of the suspect along with a description of the vehicle, which was a purplish GM model car. Later that night, the phone rings again at the Smith house around 8.07 p.m. Don grabs the phone. Hello? Don, did you come from Charlotte? Yes, I did. Who's calling, please? I need to speak to your mother. Okay, she's coming. Tell her to hurry. She's hurrying. Tell Sherry I love her. Did y'all receive the letter today? Yes, we did. Here's mother. Uh, this is Hilda. Did you receive Sherry Ray's letter? Pardon? I can't hear you. It's not very clear. Speak louder. Did you receive the letter today? Uh, yes, I did. Tell me one thing. It said, hurry. Sure, Richard. Do what? Sure, Richard. There was a letter on the side. Sir Richard was written on it. How many pages? Two pages. Okay. And it was yellow legal pad? Yes. And on one side of the front page it said, Jesus is love? No, God is love. Well, God is love. Right. Okay, so you know now this is not a hoax call. Yes, I know that. I'm trying to do everything possible to answer some of your prayers. So please, in the name of God, work with us here. Can you answer me one question, please? You, you are very kind and you seem to be a compassionate person. And, and, and I think you know how I feel being Sherry's mother and how much I love her. Can you tell me, is she all right physically without her medication? Sherry's drinking a little over two gallons of water per hour and using the bathroom right afterward. I've got to hurry now. Okay now, this has gone too far. Please forgive me. Have an ambulance ready at any time at your house. And on Sherry's request, she requests that only immediate family come in Sheriff Metz and the ambulance attendants. She don't want to make any circus out of this. Right, okay. And where she said, casket closed in parentheses, if anything happens to me, she said, one of her requests she did not put in there was to put her hands on her stomach, cross her hands like she was praying in the casket. We don't want any harm to you. I, I promise. We just want Sherry well and it, all right, okay? Okay, listen. Listen real carefully. I've got to hurry. I know these calls are being traced, correct? Okay, now listen. Uh, is, is Sherry with you? Can I talk to her? Tell me that. I will not say. Okay, now listen to us, please. You're looking in the wrong place. Forget Lexington County. Look in Saluda. Look in Saluda County? Exactly. Closest to Lexington County within a 15-mile radius, right over the line. Is that understood? Yes. Well, tell Sheriff Metz that he... I don't know what the problem is. I told you to forget about looking around your house. Saluda County. Listen, there are so many people that love Sherry and they just won't give up. I want to tell you one other thing. Sherry is now a part of me, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Our souls are now one. Your souls are now one with Sherry? 
and she said she does love y'all and like she said do not let this ruin your lives and well time's up please now have the ambulance ready at any time is her condition getting bad is that what you're trying to tell just have the ambulance I'll give you the location and tell Sheriff Metz to get all his damn men in Saluda County. Okay, well, God bless all of us. Will you call me soon? I will. I've got to be careful. I've got to go on now. And, and listen, please, 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 forgive me for this. It just got out of hand. Just, just tell Sherry. I know she knows how much I love her. Tell her daddy loves her and her brother and her sister love her. God bless you for taking care of her. Sherry is protected, and like I said, she is part of me now, and God looks after all of us. Good night. Good luck to you, too. Shit. Fucking crazy. Can you imagine, like, having to talk to the person who kidnapped your own daughter and try to be cool? Because she's like just trying to get more information for the cops and keep him on the line as long as possible. That's what she, they've told her to do, basically. You know, just reading the script, it just like you can feel her desperation. Yeah. Yeah. This call was traced to a payphone at the Wall Street store at the intersection of I-20 and Highway 204. Still no evidence. On the fourth day since Sherry's abduction, Hilda attempts another appeal to the media but this time, the message is to her daughter, Sherry, warning her to know that the family is still looking for her and to not give up any hope. A reward is also issued for Sherry's safe return. Mm -hmm. uh, later that night at 9.45 p.m., another call comes in and Don runs down the stairs to answer it. Hello? Don? Yes? This is Sherry Faye's request. Have your mother get on the other phone, quickly. Get to the other phone, mother. Get a pencil and paper ready. Get a pencil and paper ready, okay? Mother's not on the phone yet. Okay, now this is Sherry's own words, so listen carefully. Say nothing unless you're asked, okay? And I know these calls are being taped and traced, but that's irrelevant now. There's no money demanded, so here's Sherry Faye's last request. On the fifth day to put the family at rest, Sherry Faye being freed. Remember, we are one soul now. When located, you'll locate both of us together. We are one. God has chosen us. Respect all past and present requests. Actual events and times. Jot this down. All right, I'm doing it. 3.28 in the afternoon, Friday, 31st of May. Sherry Faye was kidnapped from your mailbox with a gun. She had the fear of God in her, and she was at the mailbox. That's why she did not return back to her car. Fear of God? Okay. 3.10 a.m. Saturday, the 1st of June. She hand-wrote what you received. 4.58 a.m. Saturday, the 1st of June. Became one soul. Became one soul? What does that mean? No questions now. Last, between 4 and 7 Wednesday. Tomorrow, have an ambulance ready. Remember, no circus. Wait, between 4 and 7 a.m.? Four and seven in the afternoon tomorrow. Okay, in the afternoon, okay. Prayers and relief coming soon. Please learn to enjoy life. Forgive, God protects the chosen. Sherry Faye's important request. Rest tonight and tomorrow. Good shall come out of this. Blessings are near. Remember, tomorrow, Wednesday, four in the afternoon until seven in the evening. Ambulance ready, no circus. 
No circus. What does that mean? You will receive a last minute instructions where to find us. At this point, Sherry's mother intervenes. Do not kill my daughter. Please. I mean, please. We love and miss y'all. Get good rest tonight. Goodbye. Don whispered to her mother. He's gone, mama. This call came from a payphone outside the fast fare store at Jake's Landing on Highway 6 near Lake Murray, nine miles from the Smith home. Officers actually end up setting a roadblock on both sides of Lake Murray Dam, but the kidnapper once again escapes and leaves no evidence behind. The following day, Wednesday, June 5th at 11.54 a.m., the bomb goes off once again. This time, Hilda answers the phone. Hello? Listen carefully. Take Highway 378 west of Traffic Circle. Take Prosperity Exit and go one and a half miles. Turn right at sign. Masonic Lodge, number 103. Go one quarter mile. Turn left in white frame building. Go to backyard, six feet beyond. We're waiting. God chose us. And then he hangs up the phone. That really kind of messes me up a little bit because I used to take Highway 378. Yeah, to work I mean, every these are all roads day. we know, right? Yeah. In the Lake Murray Dam uh-huh. being blocked off. Could you imagine what that would be like? Yeah. Like, it's a huge effort, huge effort to try to catch this guy. Deputies and sled agents rush to the location that the caller had given directions to, but unfortunately, it was too late. Sherry's body was found six feet beyond the wood line of the Masonic Lodge, lying on her back, still dressed in her baggy white shorts, yellow and black bikini with a black and white striped blouse. She had on a gold chain necklace that her boyfriend Richard gave her. She had one gold stud in her left ear earring, but the right earring was missing. Sled Captain Leon Gask returned to the Smith home to deliver this horrible news. Hilda says in her book she could tell something was wrong before Gask even makes it to their upstairs bedroom to tell them about what they found. Mm -hmm. Just by the sound of his slow reluctant footsteps going up the stairs. The crime scene was thoroughly searched, but nothing, of course, was found. I believe John Douglas describes our perp as a guy who is criminally sophisticated, but not really intelligent. And okay. we'll, we'll figure out what that means later on, mm-hmm. I guess. But he's good enough to not get caught. He's not smart, but he's street smart. He, exactly. The forensic pathologist, Dr. Joel Sexton, found that Sherry's body was most likely dragged to the woods from a car parked behind the Masonic Lodge. Because of the extreme heat, decomposition, and insect infestation was prevalent, it appeared that Sherry had been dead for at least two days, but more than likely since Saturday, the day after she was abducted. Mm -hmm. The body was later moved to Newberry Memorial Hospital, where Dr. Sexton was assisted by the Newberry County Coroner, Bruce Horn, to perform the autopsy. In summary, they presented the following. The cause of death could not be determined with exact medical certainty because of a number of variables. One, the fact that the decedent was found in an extremely hot area where she had been found for at least three or four days, which produced decomposition that destroyed much of the evidence needed to determine the cause of death and a more precise time of death. Two, the decedent has a medical condition which would have led to death in one or two days if she was unable to drink sufficient fluids or take medication. 
and three, the autopsy findings of asphyxia are the more general type that can be produced by other conditions. The findings present at the autopsy would fit with a number of causes of death. The two most likely causes are extreme dehydration with associated electrolyte imbalance, causing cardiac arrest and asphyxia due to soft ligature strangulation or smothering. It is therefore my opinion, in light of the history of the case and the post-mortem and autopsy findings, the cause of death best be left undetermined. As far as the manner of death, since the death occurred during abduction, the manner of death will still be homicide. Regardless of whether it's due to depriving the descendant of water or from some type of homicidal asphyxia. So basically, it doesn't matter. She still was killed in direct cause of her being kidnapped. On Thursday, June 6th at 2.30 p.m., a call from Sherry's killer comes in, but this time it's not to the Smith family, but instead to a WIS-TV reporter, Charlie Keyes. Hello? This is concerning Sherry Faye Smith. I want to use you as a medium. Can you handle it? Okay. Okay, now listen carefully. I can't live with myself, Charlie. I need to turn myself in. And I'm afraid. And you're a very intelligent person. And I want you to be there with Sheriff Metz and all the officers he wants at his home in the morning. And you answer the phone. At whose home? At Sheriff Metz's home. Hurry now. Don't answer any questions unless I ask. You be there and you answer the phone. Verify that when you report tonight on Channel 10 TV at 7, because I want you to make sure this is not a hoax call. After finished talking, call Sheriff Metz. You talk to him directly and tell him that he received a letter from Sherry Hanren. It was her last will and testament. And on the top of the page, it had 3.10 in the morning and the date 6185, June 1st, 1985. And on the left hand side, it said, God is love and was two pages long. It was a legal yellow pad and he'll know this is not a hoax. Charlie, please help me now. Are you willing to work with me? Yes. Okay now, be there and you answer the phone and reconfirm the phone number over TV tonight and make sure I got it right. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Could you just call me back? No, no, just on the TV. Just say if anyone has any information, call Sheriff Metz. That's his home phone number. Can you work it in some way or other like that? Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Okay, now at seven o'clock, do that, Charlie. You call him now where you'll see this is not a hoax and I'm gonna give you an exclusive interview. You only, you be there. Have Sherry Faye's priest there from Lexington Baptist, okay? Uh-huh. Now, Charlie, please, it just went bad. I know her family and her. And well, I just made a mistake. It went too far. All I wanted to do was to make love to her. I didn't know she had a rare disease and it just got out of hand. I got scared and I have to do the right thing, Charlie. Now, please work with me because I feel like I can trust you. I've listened to you many times and that's why I picked you as the medium. 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, Charlie, please work with me. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Don't worry. Now, soon as you call the sheriff, he'll know when you tell him that information that only I will know the real person that is responsible for Sherry's death and will know what was in that last will and testament. And also, in parentheses, it has casket closed as to her request also. You personally tell the family for me that, okay? Please forgive me. God forgives me and takes care of me. I need the help bad and I wanna do the right thing and tell them to please honor Sherry Faye's request. Casket closed. Plus, take her hands and fold them on her stomach like she's praying. 
You understand that? Uh-huh. Okay, Charlie. I'll be listening for 7 o'clock, and if I don't hear the number... Well, I can't read the number. Everybody will realize what we're doing here. Well, just tell him. James R. Metz. Okay, I'll see what I can do. And if not, call me back. Okay, but please, I can hear. It's being taped and traced. <sighs> Take me alive, Charlie, okay? Do what? Take me alive. Oh, yes, okay. Don't worry. You be the only reporter now. I don't want to make any circus out of this. Right. I understand. I'll give you an exclusive interview. From the time I picked Sherry up until her death. Everything. All right. Fine. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, Charlie. God bless us all. You want to tell me where you are now? Charlie, I'll listen for the news. Be there. And you answer Sheriff Matt's phone in the morning, okay? Okay. Thank you, Charlie. But the killer doesn't stop there. Later that day at 8.57 p.m., a collect call comes in to the Smith household. Hello? Don? Yes? I'm calling for Sherry Faye. Are you aware that I'm turning myself in tomorrow morning? No. Well, have you talked to Sheriff Metz or, or Charlie Keys? Uh, no. Well, talk to them and listen carefully. I have to tell you this. Sherry asked me to, uh, turn myself in on the fifth day after they found her. Wait, I'm trying to write this down. Don't write it down. I, uh, gotta get myself straight with God and turn myself completely over to him. Okay. And, uh, Charlie Keys, you'll know what I'm talking about when you talk to him. He will not be able to get a personal interview from me in the morning. There'll be a letter. It's already been mailed, an exact copy for you, and for him, and it has pictures. A copy for me? Yes, and him, at his home, of pictures of Sherry Faye, from the time I made her stand up to her car and took two pictures and all through the thing. And the letter will describe exactly what happened from that time until the time I called and told y'all where to find her. And I'll be doing the same thing in the morning at 6 a.m. Tell Sheriff and Charlie Keys I used him as a medium today and talked to him. Okay, at 6 a.m., what will you be doing in the morning? Well, he'll know. He'll know? Okay, and also that, uh, uh, that I will be armed. But by the time they find me, I won't be dangerous. Do you understand that? You will be armed? But by the time they find me, I won't be dangerous. Well, what does that mean? Well, uh... Sherry Faye said I couldn't live with myself and wouldn't forgive me if I didn't turn myself in or turn myself over to God. So I'm going to have to... This thing got out of hand, and all I wanted to do was make love to Dawn. I've been watching her for a couple of... To who? To, I'm sorry, to, to Sherry. I watched her a couple of weeks, and it just got out of hand. And Dawn, Dawn, I hope you and your family can forgive me for this. You're not going to kill yourself, are you? I, I can't live in prison and go to the electric chair. I can't do that. This is the only way I can get myself straight. I'm very sick, and I, I can't go through. We don't want you to die. We want to help you. Don't kill yourself. No, I just can't take someone's life, and this is the way it's going to have to be. But listen to me, okay? Well, listen, I have to go. No. I've got to tell you something. This is important. Well, these calls are being traced. But, but God can forgive you and erase all of that. Don, I can't. I can't live with myself. And we can forgive you, too. 
I can't live in prison for the rest of my life or go to the electric chair. Listen, Sherry's at peace with God. She's better off than any of us. Well, I want to say something to you that she told me. Okay. Sherry, oh boy. Sherry said that uh, she did not cry the entire time, Don. She was very strong-willed, and she said that uh, she did not want y'all to ruin y'all's lives and to go on with your lives, like the letter said. I've never lied to y'all before, right? Everything I've told you came true, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is going to have to be the way that it is. And she said that she wasn't scared, that she knew she was going to be an angel. And if I took the latter choice that she suggested to me, that she would forgive me. But our God is going to be the major judgment. And she'll probably end up seeing me in heaven, not in hell. And that uh, she requests, now please remember this. Now she requests that y'all be sure to take her hands and fold them on her stomach like she's praying. Okay. And the casket closed. Yeah. They already made those plans? Yes. Okay. Have Charlie Keys with Sheriff Metz. Charlie knows what to do in the morning. And have an ambulance, and probably before they get there. They might as well have a hearse also, and I'm just going to allow myself enough time to get in the area and get set up. I'm not in the area now, and uh, it will be 6 in the morning that I'll call his office. By the time they reach me, I'll be straight with God, and... uh, Sherry said, please take the gold necklace that she had on. She had one earring in her left ear. Uh Uh-huh. Save those things and treasure them. Save them? Yes. She doesn't want Richard to have that necklace? Uh, She said something. It might have been a necklace, but go ahead. The rest of the stuff is irrelevant. What about her high school ring? Uh, She said everything else would be decided by the family. But Sherry was not afraid, and she didn't cry. Or anything? No, she didn't do anything. And, uh, can you handle it if I told you how she died? Yes. Okay, be strong now. Okay. She said you were strong. She told me all about the family and everything. We talked and, uh, oh God, I'm a family friend. That's the sad part. You are a family friend? Yeah, and... That's why I can't face y'all. You'll find you'll find out in the morning or tomorrow. Yes. Okay. I tied her up to the bedpost and uh, with the electric cord, she didn't struggle, cry or anything. She let me voluntarily from her chin to her head. Okay. I'll go ahead and tell you. I took duct tape, wrapped it all the way around her head, and suffocated her. Tell the coroner, get the information out, how she died, and uh, I was unaware she had this disease. I probably would have never taken her. I shouldn't have taken her anyway. It just got out of hand, and I asked her out before, and she said she would if she wasn't going with anybody, and she said also that, uh, oh yeah, make sure Charlie Keys, you know him, the reporter on WIS. I can't think of who he is right now. Okay, they'll know who he is. He's the one who wears the bow tie on Channel 10. Oh yeah, I was there Saturday morning for the search. You were at the search Saturday morning? Yes, I was. And if... Oh God, Don. I wish... I wish y'all could help me, but it's just too late. Well, I have to go now, Don. I know the... Let me tell you something, okay? 
God can forgive you. And through God, we can forgive you also. Well, uh, Dime, will, will you forgive me then? Yes. Your family, but I'll have to take the other choice that Sherry Faye said to me. I just can't live with myself like this. I'm not... I just think you need to think about that a little harder. I'm not going to be caged up like a dog. Okay, now, are there any other questions? I've got to go now. Time is running out. Uh, when, when you killed Sherry, was she at peace? She wasn't afraid or anything. She was not. She was at peace. She knew that God was with her and she was to become an angel. And she wrote that letter to us of her own free will and, and that was... She sure did. Everything I've told you has been the truth. Hasn't everything come true? Yes, it has. Can, can I ask you one more question? One more, that's it. You told us that Sherry was kidnapped at gunpoint. Yeah. But she knew you? Yeah, at, at first, see, I pulled up and uh, took two instant pictures. What, you asked her to, to stand where? At the mailbox with her car in the background. These pictures, detailed pictures, will be with the letter that you received. Since I'm out of town, probably not till Saturday. And Charlie Keys will get a copy, and your family will get a copy. And it's addressed to you, unless the mail holds it up. So she didn't realize you were going to kidnap her? That's exactly right. And tell Sheriff Metz that it's not, that it's no use in uh, trying to trace these calls to catch me. It's too late now. I won't be taken alive. And also, Don, he can just call off the damn search. It's over now, and I don't want the people out there wasting their time and everything. I've told you it's true, and this is coming true also. I just can't live with it. I can't take it anymore. Sherry Faye was right. We, I feel like I got close to her, and we, she showed me things. She was very... Why are you talking to me instead of mom. She felt like you were strong-willed more than your mother was. She said something about your mother being under medication. Remember I told you on the fifth day to let them know where she was so her blessings of the body could be blessed, right? Why on the fifth day did she want us to find her? Why not? I don't know, she just said that. I don't have any idea. I'm telling you exactly how she died. So she died of suffocation. So anything else? Why did you? Why did you do that? I gave her a choice. To shoot her, to give her a drug overdose, or to suffocate her. Why did you have to kill her? It got out of hand and I got scared because, uh, only God knows, Don. I don't know why. God forgive me for this, I hope. And I gotta strain it out or he'll send me to hell. And I'll be there for the rest of my life, but I'm not going to prison or the electric chair. But I don't think taking your life is the answer to this. I'll think about it. Well, Don, I've got to go now. It's been too long, and uh, tell them to just forget about that search. I'll be in the area long enough in the morning for them to uh, find me, and by the time I call, Charlie Keys will know exactly the setups. I hope now I know why I'm staying on the phone. They are taping this, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Anything else? Oh yeah, let me tell you. 
The other night, they almost caught me, the ignorant son of a guns. I wanted them to catch me. I felt that way at the time, but now... When was this? When you were over near Jake's Landing? Yeah, I was at the fast fair there. Yeah? I pulled out 20 yards in front of the two flashing lights. What color car did you have? They hit a dead end on it. Red. Don, I can't get over this. Them ignorant son of a guns didn't even turn around and follow me. And I cut right after the blinking light down there to go the back way on Old Cherokee Road. And there was a highway patrolman or somebody in front of me that pulled the car in front of me over. And he let me turn right on Old Cherokee. Can you believe that? So you really wanted to be caught? At that time, but it's too late now. What kind of car was it? Oh, well, they came mighty damn close. Don, they're not going to catch me, and I can't give you any information because i got to make it back in time. And they'll stop me before I get back if I tell you. But they're right. It was a red one, and I almost got caught three or four times. Was it a red Jetta? Don, that's irrelevant now. If I die now, or if I die at 6 o'clock in the morning, it's irrelevant. Well, listen, Don. I really wish that you could just think about not killing yourself. And Sherry told me to tell you, please go back to Carowinds. I know you live in Charlotte, and uh, I know a lot about the family. And go back and start singing and give it your best. And that she knows she'll be singing like crazy. When she said that, she was smiling. She was smiling? And she wasn't afraid? No. Never. Because she knew that she was going to be with God. That's exactly right. The whole time. She's so damn strong-willed, and, and... But I just wish that you would think about not killing yourself. I will, Don. Listen, our prayers will be for you. I'll call you collect. We'll be for you, okay? Will you be home tonight? We are home tonight. Listen, our prayers will be with you, okay? God can do anything and can forgive you for this. Yeah, but you know, what's going to happen to me, Don? I'm going to be fried. You don't know that. God can work miracles. You don't know what will happen to you. God is merciful no matter what we do. It's time now. It's time. I got to go now, and I'll just, I'll think about it. But I got a lot of things on my mind now. I know you know that, right? Right. And, um... Answer the phone every time it rings tonight. Every time it rings? That's right. And if it's collect, and I'll say dawn, like the break of day, you'll know. Okay. Now, if we're asleep, you let it keep ringing, okay? I will. I will. Okay, well, God bless us all. Wait. Mother wants to say something. All right, just one thing, and then I'm gone. Hello? Just say one thing, and that's it. Dom will tell you. And you listen to the recordings, and there will be a letter you'll receive probably the next day with pictures and detailed information from the time I picked Sherry up at the mailbox till tonight and my departure from this earth. Sheriff Metz might as well call it off. It's over. I will not be taken alive. Don told me to turn myself in or turn myself over to God, or I'll never live in peace and never be forgiven and go to heaven. Well... Turn yourself over to God. That's most important. I am. This is the only way. 
I'm not going to spend my life in prison and go to the electric chair. Well, uh, Don knows everything, and, and God bless all of us, and I hope... Listen, I want to ask you something. This just got out of hand. This just got out of... All you had to do was let her go. I, I was scared. She, she was dehydrating so damn bad. You could have called me for medicine. I would have met you anywhere. Well, that's irrelevant now. I mean, all you had to do was let her go. Such a beautiful young life. I know that. That's why I have to join her now, hopefully. And uh, Mrs. Smith, please. Okay, well, that's it. I gotta go. Did, did she know you when you stopped? Yeah, I, I took two pictures, Instamatic. I made her stand well. Before she knew it, I was going to kidnap her. I asked her to stand at the mailbox, and you'll see this in the picture. I think there's about eight pictures, and Charlie Keyes will be receiving a set and a detailed letter, like I told you. If this mail doesn't slow it down, which it probably will, if you don't get it tomorrow, you'll get it the next day. You'll get exact copies, the pictures that he gets, and uh, exact letters, too. Do you know all of us, or just Sherry? I know the whole family, unfortunately. That's why I can't face you. Okay. Well, Miss Smith, please, uh, if I decide different, I've already told Don what's going to happen. Her answer the phone tonight only, and it will be collect. And I'm going to allow myself just enough time to get back to the area to set everything up. And if you don't hear from me tonight, I knew the calls were traced and they came real close to catching me three or four different times. And they are correct. I am in a red vehicle. What kind? I'm sorry. I don't want them to catch me before I meet my maker on Judgment Day. You think the maker's going to forgive you now? He'll, he'll do that or I'll be crucified and go to hell. That's right. Well, I got a lot to think about, and I'm gone, Mrs. Smith, and uh, please, I know this might be selfish, but uh, you all please ask special prayer for me. Your daughter said that she was not afraid, and she was strong-willed. She knew that she was going to heaven and was going to be an angel. And like I told Don, she was going to be singing like crazy, and when she said that, she was smiling. Did you tell her that you were going to kill her? Yes, I did, and I gave her a choice. Like, it's on the record, and she picked suffocation. My God, how could you? Well, forgive us, God. Not us. God only knows why this happened. I don't know. It just got out of hand. I thought you were considerate and a loving and kind person. Goodbye, Mrs. Smith. So why do you think he was doing all these calls in the first place? I feel like it's just like a power thing. In a way, he's getting to manipulate and have control over these people because of the information that he has. Basically able to relive it. Right, right. He's able to go into the, the details with Don and Hilda and uh, it's all bullshit like he didn't give her a choice there's no way he gave her a choice nobody would choose to be suffocated in parts of this it's like i almost feel like he's genuine about his remorse mm, well 
it's all fake, honestly. I think he's really just trying to set up an alibi. Like, it got out of hand, mm-hmm. you know. Trying to draw as much emotional damage. response yeah. and the damage out of the family as he can. Absolutely. He's actually enjoying their torment. Right. And I got to give it to... What a fucking dick. Yeah. That's why I fucking hate this guy so much. And I got to give it to the Smith family. One, for just having the, the courage to be able to talk to this guy. But to also, like... Like, they're working with police behind the scenes during this whole time. The police are coaching them on mm-hmm. what to do. And they're keeping him, like, you, that was a long time. Right. And they're trying to... Keep him on the line. Keep him on line so they can fucking get this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I really do appreciate the fact that Hilda then is just, like, sick of his shit. And she's just like, no, fuck you. This is your fault. Actually, the, the call was traced to a truck stop that was in Great Falls, which is about halfway between Charlotte and Columbia. There's no leads. The next two days, the Smith family have an exhaustive schedule of Sherry's viewing service and funeral. Agents and deputies were on constant surveillance because they believed that the killer would show up to the services. Like he said in the phone calls, he said he was a part of the search, so they felt like he might show up. Well, this is something that we see that is common in the Mindhunter book that we were discussing last episode, where it's commonplace for us to see serial killers or serial murderers inject themselves into the investigations of their very own cases. Right, and it serves really two purposes. One, they get the gratification from being there and being a part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, they know what happened, but nobody else does. I'm sure that gives them some type of power control type of deal. Mm -hmm. But also, it allows them to find out what information is being found. So it's also a way for them to be like, okay, they don't know this. I'm okay here. You know, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It also serves to help them to, to cover their tracks, basically. During the funeral at Lexington First Baptist Church, there was actually one person in attendance who yelled out during the service, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Whoever is responsible for this, I think you're here. I love you and will not hurt you. Come forward right now. Within seconds, the man responsible for the commotion was surrounded and brought in for questioning, but later turned out to be just another concerned citizen who thought he could convince Sherry's killer by turning himself in. Completely inappropriate. Like, you don't do that during the funeral. That's wild. South Carolina. God. I'll tell you, man. (laughs) As the Smith family returned from the funeral at 2.21 p.m. that Saturday, a phone call comes in. Hello? I have a collect call for Don Smith from Sherry. Will you pay for the call? From who? Sherry. Yes. Go ahead, please. Is this Don Smith, like, the break of day? Yes, it is. Okay. You know this is not a hoax call, correct? Yes. Okay. Did I catch you off guard? Well, yeah, because they said it was from Sherry. No, I said concerning Sherry. Everybody's screwed up here. Excuse my French. Okay, listen carefully. Okay. Don, I'm real afraid and everything and... You're what? Real afraid. And I have to make a decision. I'm going to stay in this area until God gives me the strength to decide what to say and what to do. And I did go to the funeral today. Yes, and uh, that ignorant policeman... The fellow even directed me into the parking space. Blue uniform, outside, and they were taking license plate numbers down and stuff. Please tell Sheriff Metz I'm not jerking anybody around. And I'm not playing games. This is a reality, and I'm not an idiot. When he finds my background, he'll see I'm a highly intelligent person. Uh Uh-huh. 
Okay, and I want to fill in some gaps because now and next Saturday, the anniversary date of Sherry Faye. Yeah. I'm going to do one way or the other. If God gives me the strength before then, ever win, and I'll call you. Between now and next Saturday? Yes. I think you need to make a decision before then. Uh, all right. And uh, I could tell her casket was closed, but did y'all honor Sherry's request for folding her hands? Yes. Yes, we did, of course. I hope they fucking didn't do that. God, that's fucking sick. Okay, she'll like that. That'll please her. Okay, and uh, tell Sheriff Metz and the FBI, damn, that's like the fear of God in you for sure. They treat this like Bonnie and Clyde. They'll go out and gun you down. And if I decide if God gives me the strength to just surrender like that, I'll call you. Like I said, when I see them drive up, I'll see Charlie Keyes and Sheriff Metz get out of the car. They'll recognize me. I'll approach them. I'll put my hand straight up in the air. I delivered her back to them. And they can approach me without shooting me and stuff, all right? I told you exactly how she died, so forth. And when I took her duct tape off, it took a lot of her hair with it, so that'll help them out. The examiner said they were having problems with telling how she died. And Where's the duct tape? Huh? Where is the duct tape? Only God knows. I don't know. Okay. Listen, did you receive the thing and the pictures in the mail? Unless the FBI intercepts them. It's written to you. I got Sherry Faye to address three or four different things. And it's written to you in her handwriting. What is written to me? It's addressed to you. Okay. And now, now she gave me your address in Charlotte. There's one picture she wanted me to send you. And you'll get that in about a week or so. To your Charlotte address. And this is a little note for your eyes only in her handwriting. She said, Richard, don't tell them this. It'll break his heart. She was getting ready to break up with him because he was overjealous and that she couldn't go anywhere and talk to any fellows without him arguing with her. And every time he'd come down to the flea market where she worked in the concession stand, he'd get mad because she couldn't talk to him. And mm -hmm. Okay, and let's see, there's only me involved in this, okay? And we talked from, actually, she wrote this last will and testament, 3.12 a.m., she kind of joked and said they won't mind if I round it off to 310. So, from about 2 o'clock in the morning till the time she actually knew, until she died at 458, we talked a lot and everything. She picked the line, uh, she picked the time. She did say she was ready to depart. God was ready to accept her as an angel. So, the whole time, you told her that she was going to die, right? Yeah, okay. And uh, all those times and stuff I gave you before were correct and accurate, okay? When are you going back to Charlotte and get the letter? Whenever I get strength and God shows me which way, I'll mail it like a couple hours before. Okay. Where's Sherry's high school ring? Uh, Sherry's high school ring was not with her. It was not with her? No, not unless it was in her car or in her pocketbook. She always wears that ring. And if it was, please, you know... I'm telling the truth. The family would really like to have it. I'm returning everything. I mean, I don't have anything of Sherry's. I don't have that. If I had that, I'd mail it to you. I'm not lying to you, okay? We talked about it so much. I made clip notes afterwards. And she said, Robert Jr., that's the brother, right? Yeah. 
okay, tell him to grow up and meet his goals and pick a sport out. And he's a big boy and uh, excel in it. Uh-huh. Okay. And then the last thing. Oh, yeah. For respect of your family. And I didn't mail Charlie Keys a set of pictures and letters. I want your family only. So when you find me, if God gives me strength ever which way he decides, it'll be a plastic bag on my body, on my person. Because if the media gets hold of it, they'll have a field day. I chose Charlie Keys as a medium because I thought he was very level-headed, and he just wouldn't let it get out of hand. And I can trust him, because I kind of know him. Okay, and the last thing she said was a song. She wouldn't tell me, she said. Well, I have to keep something secret with you. And she kind of chuckled. She said that Don would know on her birthday, which is what, June 12th or something? On Sherry's birthday? Yeah, June or August, she told me. It's June. Okay, well, I think she said the 12th or something, but anyway, she said to pick her favorite song and just you and the family sing it and she'll be listening. And put some real feelings behind it, okay? Let's see. She dang, let's see. Let me go back through it. Okay, I was... I was at the search Saturday morning and also Tuesday morning. I showed up when they called the volunteers off. You were there? Yeah. Tuesday morning also? Yeah. Were you there last night? No, but there was a funeral this morning. And still, I'm not a damn idiot. I never had any problems before, and it's just something that got out of hand, and that's all. Can I ask you something? Okay, now. Ask questions, but hurry. Uh. I know that you keep telling me that you're telling me the truth, but did you tell me that you could give yourself up at 6 o'clock this morning? Well, what happened? I didn't have the strength. What? I didn't have the strength. I was scared. I'm scared as hell. I can't even hardly read my handwriting. Well, listen. Hurry. I've got to go. No matter what you've done, you know that Christ died for you so that you could be forgiven. And if you would... Give yourself up. Do you know what would happen, Don? Do you realize Sheriff Matz would give me help for a couple months? And then they find out I'm sane. And then I get tried and sent to the electric chair, put in prison for the rest of my life. I'm not going to go through that electric chair. You keep telling us to forgive you. You don't realize what you put us through. How could you think about what would happen to yourself? Okay, any other questions? I filled in all the holes and everything. If if the only reason you wouldn't get that letter today or probably Monday is that the FBI intercepted it. Can you tell me where her ring is? You really don't know where it is? No, I don't, Don. I would send it to you if I did. I have no reason. I'm not asking for money, materialistic things. I don't have any reason for... She was not wearing a high school ring when she got in the car. So maybe she left it at the pool party where she came. Uh, can you tell me where did Sherry die? I told you, 4.58 in the morning. Saturday morning in uh, Lexington County. In Lexington County? Uh-huh. Where in Lexington County? Anything else you want to ask me? That... That's what I'm asking you. Where? Uh, anything else? You won't answer that for me? No. You said anything I'd ask. You'd tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, 
Number one, I don't know exactly the location. I don't know the name of the highway, 391 or something like that, but right next to the Saluda County line. That's all I can tell you. Okay. Anything else, I'm getting ready to go. At 4.58 in the morning, set your alarm wherever you are, and I'll call you. Can you hear me? Yes. This morning? No, next Saturday. On the anniversary date. Okay. I'll call you then, and I'll tell you the exact location, just like I did Sherry Faze. I can't believe this, because you've never been telling the truth. Okay, I have. You believe everything, because it is the truth. You go back and you go over everything. I just feel that the best thing for you to do is give... Well, Don, God bless us all. Oof. Now, that call was actually traced to a racetrack service station in Augusta, Georgia. So he's every time now he's going further and further out. You can sense the little power things he's trying to hold on to, like telling Don to set the alarm for 4.58 a.m. the same time that, you know, her sister was killed or he said that she was killed. And, you know, it's little stuff like that where I'm just like, God, man, I fucking hate. Larry Jean Bell so much. But anyway, of course, there was no evidence found again at the racetrack station. But six days go by and there's no calls to the family. Officials really start to worry about the case going cold or if the killer made good on his promise to kill himself. Right. It's exactly two weeks to the day when Sherry Smith went missing when nine-year-old blonde-haired, blue-eyed Deborah Mae Helmick and her six-year-old sister Becky, along with their three-year-old brother Woody, were running around and laughing as they played in the yard in front of the family's mobile home in the Shiloh Mobile Home Park off of Old Percival Road in Richland County. Deborah May's mother, whose name was also Deborah, was getting a ride to work with her friend Vicki, who also lived at the mobile home park. Miss Helmick worked at Ray Lever's barbecue restaurant. The children were going to ride with them, and then they would stay with Vicki until their father got home from work. Shortly after Mr. Helmick, the father, gets home from work, Miss Helmick goes to work, and a silver gray car with red racing stripes turns into the trailer park. The driver slowly backs up his vehicle after passing the Helmick's trailer and hops out of the car, leaving the engine running. And that is where we're gonna have to pick it back up for the conclusion of our Mindhunter series with the abduction of Deborah May and John Douglas taking a little trip down to South Carolina. Wow. Yes, that is sir. Good. See, that's interesting because John Douglas, his chapter on South Carolina is on Sherry Faye. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that when he actually gets involved is after the Sherry Faye right. incident. You know, we'll, we'll go over this, but there is some consultation happening during this time. I'll get into more of that in the next episode, but this is when he actually first heavily gets involved. In right. It. So I found that very interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. That is a nice cliffhanger nice segue into our next episode we're going to pick it up right where we left off with mine hunter part three part three so this has evolved into a three-parter which is really awesome right um, but we really want to do not only john douglas his story justice but also the victims of larry jean bell so yeah thank you all so much so much for coming back for our mine hunter part two and we look forward to seeing you again on our three-parter Next episode. Yes, and we when we wrap this whole thing up with Larry Jean Bell, and when John Douglas finally Thank God. Sorry. makes his way. <laughs> 
back to South Carolina. All right, everybody. Y'all have a great night. Be safe out there. Yes, and make sure that while you're listening to your favorite Eat, Drink, Murder podcast, that you're being safe, that you're drinking responsibly. And oh, you like you put put the drinking responsibly in drinking there. Drinking responsibly, smart. yes. And that I don't think most people are drinking and listening to eating us. Eating something but. delicious. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right, Good thanks, night. Bye. Good night. Oh, that's a hot one. That's a spicy meatball.